Our second scripture reading tonight is the story that stands at the center of this night. It's the Christmas story as told in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Listen again for God's eternal word, and may it be made new for you as you hear it. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed, were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good evening once again. It's so great to be with you all here tonight, late at night, on this holy night. I want to say hi again to those watching online with us on YouTube or Facebook Live or our, our podcast later this week. We're glad you're here. Anyone visiting or new tonight, we're really glad to see you. My mom and dad, they live up in San Mateo, 40 minutes from here, and they come down to church at PCLG most Sunday mornings. They were here this morning. But on Thursday afternoons, they also come down most weeks, and they help us with our kids after school. Grandparents, that's a great tip to do that. And, you know, it's really helpful to us. They pick the kids up. They go to karate and soccer and math tutoring. And then my, my parents will often stay and put together dinner and stay to talk and visit on Thursday evenings. Mom, if you're watching this, you're the best. The other week... At the end of the afternoon and evening together, my dad was sitting out in front of our house in his car with the car running, waiting for my mom to come out. And I was standing on the curb to say goodbye. And as I was out there with him, he was talking to me inside the car, but I couldn't hear him very well. And I started leaning in close, and he was like gesturing and, and obviously saying something very important. 
And I reached my hand forward and realized the window was rolled up. You know, I hit the glass. And so he rolled it, and it was all muffled. And so he rolled it down, and suddenly I could hear him clearly. And my dad leaned over and said, now you know what it's like to get old. It's like this for me all the time. <laughs> so once the window was rolled down, you know, he could, I could finally hear his voice. I could hear what he was trying to say. And I will tell you that I saved this little story for the late service tonight because I suspect some of you might know what it's like to have your hearing not as strong as it once was. Is that right? It's how it goes. So this is a story where the windows are rolled down and, and I could finally hear what my dad was saying. And at Christmas, the windows have been rolled down. And we can hear more clearly than before what God is saying and doing in Jesus Christ. We can hear the good news of the gospel that's on display in this day. That the God of the universe has come to us to love us, to help us, and to save us by his love. There's a preacher named Will Willimon who was asked to summarize the gospel in seven words, and this is what he said. He said, God refuses to be God without us. God wants to be with us. Emmanuel, Jesus who was born, is God coming to be with us in our lives. And if we couldn't hear it before, if we didn't see it, if we didn't know it, tonight, on this night, we're invited to take another look to give it another listen, to walk a little farther. We gather around the story of God's arrival in the world in Jesus Christ, and we seek to see or know why it matters, what it's about. So I want to show you an image tonight. This is an icon of the nativity, and an icon is a religious painting that is meant to tell a story. And in the Orthodox Christian tradition, people use these pictures as a way to enter a scene and find meaning there. Here it is. And this is an icon where you can easily probably see what is going on. Jesus is there, a little baby, born in a cave with his mother Mary. It's meant to show his humble circumstances. And the barnyard animals are there around, and the star is shining over the top. And up in the corner, you can see an angel who's there telling the shepherds about what has happened. And in the other corner, you see the multitude of angels, and they're all singing and proclaiming the glory of God. You can see this picture. The windows of the car of Christmas are fully rolled down, and people are hearing the good news. We know this part of the story. But then at the bottom corner, you can see somebody sitting there, and he's Joseph. He's wearing like an orange robe, and his head is in his hands. It's almost like he's thinking about something. He's not sure what's going on here or what it means. He almost, he almost looks bummed out, which is weird because on Christmas it's full of wonder and joy, but, but there he is, right in the middle of this religious icon. And next to Joseph, you see another figure. He's a man wearing kind of a fur or skin suit, and this is the figure of the devil. And you probably didn't have the devil on your bingo card for Christmas Eve tonight, but there he is. It's the tempter. And he's there next to Joseph. He's there next to the person who has honest doubts, a man who wants to be part of the story but doesn't totally know where he fits in. The devil's there whispering to him, trying to convince him that there's nothing really too special going on here. Nothing extraordinary has happened. Nothing to get too worked up about or involved in. 
Nothing, he seems to say, has changed in this world because of that baby. And if we're honest, there are plenty of signs that would tell us, well, maybe he's right. I mean, after all, look at the state of the world that we live in today. The news has been full of stories about how this year there is no Christmas being celebrated in Bethlehem, the real Bethlehem, because Bethlehem is located in Palestinian territories in Israel where there's no joy in the middle of a war. And some have suggested that if, Je that if Jesus were born today in the city of David, he would be born among the rubble and wreckage. One modern icon maker put out this piece of art this week, and it shows the holy family there in the midst of bombing and warfare, the fear and desperation. And maybe some of the, the Josephs among us might say, well, there you go. This Jesus thing didn't seem to matter so much if this is the state of the world. But the thing to notice about Jesus, who was born over 2,000 years ago, is that he was born into an empire of his time that was actively oppressing and putting down its citizens. And he was born to a mother, Mary, of low status. And Joseph, who was like a, a blue-collar worker, he was a tradesman, he was a carpenter. These were not wealthy or powerful people. And yet, it was into the hardship of their lives there in the rubble that they saw around them. That's the place where God comes in Christ. That's the place where God does his best work, in the rubble of our lives. The place where God comes to meet us, right where we are. And the question for Joseph in this little icon picture, and the question for all of us tonight, is whether we can resist that voice of cynicism and despair the one that tells us not to get involved, not to join in, not to believe. Joseph may be doing what we often do. Maybe he's holding on to all the worries and problems of the world or of his life, as if he has to be the one to carry them or solve them or make them right. Or maybe this is like you this particular year, as you think about something in your own life. Maybe a relationship that just isn't right, a health situation you cannot cure, a grief that will not let you go, a worry for the future you can't escape. I think about Joseph on this night, and, and in this picture I see a, a new dad who doesn't know how he's going to support his young family. Maybe he has financial worries, a, a fiancé, wife-to-be who is full of faith, and yet he's not so sure. And maybe that's you. And yet, Christ is born not just into an oppressive empire, but also into a family. And what we see at work in the family of Jesus is that questions like these, conversations about faith and issues of the day, they can all be part of a healthy and growing and real faith in God. We believe in a God that loves the world so much, even with its problems. We believe in a God that loves us so much, even with our doubts. We believe in a God who comes to us in love in Jesus Christ tonight. So let me see if I can tell you the Christmas story a little bit differently tonight. It's, it's through a parable that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Matthew. You may have heard it before. 
It's a teaching story. That's what a parable is. And so Jesus tells a story about a king who throws a wedding banquet for his son, and he invites all the guests and neighbors to come and join in. But the friends and neighbors, they make all kinds of excuses. They came up with reasons why they could not come to this wedding banquet, why they could not join in the joy of the king celebrating about his son. So the king sends out his servants again to tell them everything is ready. Please come and join the party. But they refuse. So the king decides to get some other kinds of guests instead. The servants go out into the streets, and they invite in every kind of person that they meet. The homeless, the drug addicted, the ones on hospice care, the ones who struggle with their mental health. There were doctors and lawyers and business executives, along with firefighters and teachers. You know, there were Democrats and Republicans and independents, too. I'm retelling the story. I can include them. There were people who didn't even care about all that. They were all mixed in together, folks from other countries and cultures and those who are native from this area. It was one big mix, one big party, and everyone was invited to join. It's a picture of the kingdom of God. It's a picture of our church, maybe, just a little bit here tonight. But this is where the parable that Jesus tells gets weird. The king comes down to the party, which seems to be going pretty well. People are having a fun time, and he's walking around his guests, and everyone who was invited, you know, they were given a special wedding robe to wear, just something to show they were part of the wedding festivities. And all the invited guests were given these robes. And so I'm thinking about this parable tonight as I'm telling you is that you guys know what it's like to come to a special event and to dress up. I mean, look out. I'm seeing a lot of red, a lot of green. I'm seeing ugly sweaters of some kinds. There's a lot of ways we, we get festive and dressed up for an important night. My son was here earlier, and he was wearing, he was very excited. He got to wear his little sports coat and what he called his fancy shoes. So you can picture the scene. A party where everybody is there. They're in their special clothes, but the king runs into somebody who's not dressed up, who's not wearing the wedding robe that they had been given. And he says, what are you doing here dressed like that? Why are you doing this to me? And in the story, the king kicks this man out of the party. He kicks him to the curb. And it's a weird story because Jesus is usually very inclusive, and he's always trying to invite people in. So some years ago, I was invited to a family wedding, and it was an Indian wedding. The, the bride's family came from India and made their life here in California. And so the wedding festivities, they brought in all these traditions from their homeland, their home culture. It was a three-day event. There were henna tattoos for the women. The, there was a priest reading ancient Sanskrit that nobody could understand. There was delicious Indian food, like a lot of naan and good things. And as part of the wedding celebration, all of us who went were given a wedding robe. And we were invited to be part of this family celebration and to put on the wedding robe. And so we did. This is very different from my own cultural background. I mean, if I go to a wedding, I'm wearing a coat and tie for sure. But to put on the wedding robe and to wear it on a day like that is to say, I'm with you. I'm joining you in this important moment of your life. I'm not hanging back. I'm not trying to be separate. 
I'm not trying to keep any distance. I'm right there with you. I'm wearing the wedding robe and joining what you're doing. I wonder about the man in this parable with Jesus. You know, the host has gone to great lengths to try and include him and invite him at the party. And he's, he's, he's invited him to know his son and to celebrate his son and to join in. Jesus came into our world in this way. He put on the robe of humanity. He put on the robe of, of human likeness. He came to live with us and to be for us. He didn't want any distance. God didn't want to stay distant off in heaven somewhere, but he said, I want to be known and be celebrating and be in life with people. So he came in his son, Jesus. He shows solidarity with us in coming. And at Christmas, this great day that we're celebrating, we're remembering the birth of Christ. It's also a chance for us to join in with him too. We're invited, you and me, to put on our wedding robes and to celebrate fully, to come a little bit closer and be part of what God is doing. So that's the question that we're left with tonight. It's will you receive Christ again tonight? Will you welcome him into your heart and close into your life? Will you join with him? You know, in the car, when my dad was out there with the windows rolled up and I couldn't hear what he was saying, once he rolled it down, once he told me how he had lost his hearing, once I teased him, then I heard what he was trying to say. He was saying, this was a great time. I was really glad we were together. I love you. This Christmas, the window is rolled down, and we can hear what, what God is saying to us. This is a great time. I'm glad we can be together. I love you. As we hear the good news tonight more clearly on maybe any other night, Will we receive it? Will we believe it? Will we join in the celebration that has already begun? I pray that we will. Merry Christmas. Amen.